And when we're just present with another person, just experiencing them, whether it's a partner or even a friend, a family member, anyone really, that's when the love really flows and the connection really flows. Welcome to the Abundant Couples Podcast. We are your hosts, Cassidy and Matt. And we're here to help you, awesome growth-minded human, create the most flourishing relationship that you know is possible. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics of relationship, intimacy, and lifestyle freedom. We believe that a great relationship is fuel for everything else in your life. So let's jump in and get fueled up. What is up? Today, it's going to be just me and you hanging out. Matt's rocking and rolling, taking care of some big projects in the real estate world this week. So it's solo show time. And I'm here to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is the process of inquiry. So last week, We talked about how when you're getting close to someone in relationship, that's really the time when a lot of the unconscious programming and some of the old patterning that we have starts to show itself. And oftentimes when this happens, the tendency can be to look outward and to start seeing faults in our partner or in our life situations, to see faults outside of ourselves and to want things to change outside of ourselves. But like we talked about last week, when we see something outside of us that we don't like, it's really our cue to turn inward because the problem isn't really out there. It's in here in our own thinking and how we're relating to the situation. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I recommend going to listen to that first because it kind of lays down the context for using the relationship to explore our own inner world and to really grow together. And then this week, we're going to get into some of the tools that you can use to really do that. Now, there are a lot of different things like communication skills and different strategies that we can use in our lives to, you know, help us move through situations. But these kind of tools and strategies really only act as band-aids. What we really need to do is go inward to look at the root cause of any upset in our life. The more we're focusing outward, trying to change things outside of ourselves or even change our partner, the more pain that we're going to cause ourselves. It's not always the most comfortable thing to look at ourselves this way through inquiry, but it's definitely worth it. It's definitely something that leads to more freedom, more love, and just like being at peace with yourself. Now, two of my favorite processes for this self-inquiry are the work, as Byron Katie teaches it, and rain, as Tara Brock teaches it. We're going to start by diving into the work. Uh, So we'll go through the whole process. I'll give an example and I'll give you the chance to actually take this and start applying it right away. So this episode is best listened to with a journal so that you can actually do the reflections as we go. But if you aren't able to do some writing right now, if you're driving or something, totally okay. 
you can listen through the episode and then come back to it at a time when you're able to sit and do some writing. So first I want to come back to, again, what we talked about last episode about how when something comes up in our relationship, we feel triggered by the other person or we feel some kind of disconnect in the relationship. We want to make sure that we're seeing this not as something wrong with the relationship, but actually a gift of the relationship because it's an opportunity for us to unravel this belief and just come back home to ourselves and experience the love that is already always there. And I want to read you a little something that I just read this morning in an awesome book that I'm reading called Toward a Psychology of Awakening by John Wellwood. And I'll link that down in the show notes. He says, love is an awakening power, but it doesn't always dissolve our defenses. Love is like the light and warmth of the sun that starts to wake up a dormant seed within us. Soul is that seed which wants to grow, blossom, and bear fruit to become all that it can be. But often the shell around the seed is so thick that it blocks those expansive possibilities. These deeper potentials often start to come alive through a soul connection, a loving relationship that kindles a recognition of what is truly possible in this lifetime. And then he also goes on to say, you know, as we start getting close and these defenses start coming up, he says, we start to think, I didn't get into a relationship to have my most precious strategy for security and survival threatened like this. At this point, we imagine something is desperately wrong with ourselves, with our partner, or with the relationship. Yet this is actually a tremendous opportunity to break through to a larger and truer sense of who we are. Because love makes you want to expand and connect, it also lets you see what's keeping you contracted and isolated. So I just wanted to start with that to remind you again that as these things naturally come up in relationship and just in your life in general, to remember that it's not something wrong with the relationship, but really a beautiful opportunity for you to grow into a more full version of yourself. So moving into the work, um, Byron Katie has a bunch of great books, but the one that I first read was called Loving What Is which is a fantastic book, um, kind of as an introduction to the work. And I recently read another book of hers that focuses on using the work in relationships. And that one's called, I Need Your Love. Is that true? So I'll link that in the show notes as well. And I highly recommend to read their fantastic books and such a useful process. So Byron Katie tells us that when we feel disconnected from love, it's because we're believing our untrue thoughts, or as she says, arguing with reality. But inevitably, we're human, so this will happen. <laughs> we all have these kind of thoughts. But the key is, and what we do through the work, is to not believe these thoughts to be true, to not just believe these thoughts as they come up, but instead to notice the thoughts and start to question them and distinguish our beliefs from the reality of the situation. And in this process, to give ourselves more freedom and more peace. I'm going to read you one more quote now, and this one's from Byron Katie in I Need Your Love, Is That True? And I think it just gives a good introduction to using the work in relationship. She says, 
Once we begin to question our thoughts, our partners, alive, dead, or divorced, are always our greatest teachers. There's no mistake about the person you're with. He or she is the perfect teacher for you, whether or not the relationship works out. And once you enter inquiry, you come to see that clearly. There's never a mistake in the universe. So if your partner is angry, good. If there are things about him that you consider flaws, good, because these flaws are your own. You're projecting them, and you can write them down, inquire, and set yourself free. People go to India to find a guru, but you don't have to. You're living with one. Your partner will give you everything you need for your own freedom. So with that, let us jump into the process of the work. So in summary, the process goes like this. Judge your partner, write it down, ask four questions, and turn it around. So the first step here is to get really clear about what you are thinking and believing that's causing you to feel the way that you're feeling. So here is where you want to get out your journal and just start to write down whatever complaints or judgments or whatever it is that you're upset about. And when you do this, you want to just like let it all out. Don't hold back. Don't worry about being critical and petty. Just write it all down. Get it out all on paper. So here, for example, you might write down, I'm angry at Paul because he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't appreciate me. And he argues with everything I say. Um, You can also write down things like, how do you want that person to change? What do you want them to do? These might be things like, he should, she shouldn't, etc. So write down as many things come to your mind. And then once you've got some clarity on what it is that you're thinking about this situation, we can move on to the four questions. If you want to follow along and do this with me right now with your journal, then just pause here and go ahead and write down the complaints, judgments, etc. So we're going to run each of these now through the four questions. First question is, is it true? So here we're basically checking this belief, this thought against our own sense of truth. So this is kind of going inside yourself and seeing if you really believe the thought that's troubling you. Like, does the deepest part of you truly believe this thought? Does the thought match what you really know as reality? So for example, say one of your thoughts is, he doesn't care about me. You know, he doesn't put his phone down when I'm talking to him and he just walked out the door without even saying goodbye and he doesn't care about me. So the first question, is it true? We really have no reason to believe that our thoughts actually match reality because our thoughts are kind of like these automatic attempts to figure out what's going on around us and inside us. And they're largely based on our past experiences and conditioning and our beliefs about the other person and ourselves. So when we just believe our thoughts without really questioning if they're true, they can kind of lead us in the wrong direction. So here, is it true? Checking with your own sense of reality. What is the reality? Often the 
first answer we feel like giving when we ask this question is yes, but when we really check in and then ask the second question, which is, can I absolutely know that this is true? Typically here, the answer ends up being no. We very rarely can absolutely know what is going on inside of another person's head or how somebody else is really feeling. In this scenario, maybe he was just distracted by something and that's why he didn't put his phone down. Maybe he was thinking about something else when he was leaving the room and just forgot to say goodbye to you. Who knows? But we can't absolutely know that it's true. When we're answering this question, an I don't know is just as good as a yes or a no. All right, so moving on to the next question. How do I live when I believe this thought? So how do I feel when I believe this thought? And how do I act when I believe this thought? So here, it's good to really take your time with this part of the process and imagine yourself in a situation believing the thought. See yourself and how you act, what you say and how you feel when you are believing this thought. So for example, believing he doesn't care about me, you might feel disconnected, you might feel sadness, you might react by withdrawing or trying to win him over, testing him, or even judging yourself. So write down whatever it is that you notice, you feel and experience when you believe this thought and how you act and how you interact when you believe this thought and be as precise and detailed as possible here. Then next, what would it be like without this thought? Who would I be without this thought? What would I feel like? How would I act? So here, close your eyes and imagine yourself with that person without that thought at all. So imagine yourself there interacting and this thought just doesn't exist. It's not even possible for you to think this thought. So really see yourself there in that situation. How do you feel when you don't believe that thought? What do you see? How are you acting? You can also imagine that you're meeting your partner for the very first time with no beliefs about them. And what do you see then? How do you act? How would your life be different if you were not even capable of thinking this thought? How would you treat others differently? How would you treat yourself differently? So really take some time to see that and get into the feeling of what it would be like if this thought didn't exist. And you can write down what you see and what you experience. So those are the four questions. And then we come to perhaps the most powerful part, which is the turnaround. So for the turnaround, we're going to consider reversed or opposite versions of the thought. And we're going to see if those are at least as true or more true than the other thought that we were believing. So in our example, he doesn't care about me, that can be turned around to I don't care about him. It can be turned around to I don't care about me. And it also can be turned around to he does care about me. So you want to take the thought or the belief and turn it around as many ways as you can. 
And now we're going to look for evidence of these turned around beliefs to see if they're at least as true or more true as the original and try to think of three examples of how each of these are true. So for example, um, he doesn't care about me turned around. I don't care about him. How is that true? Okay, well, when I'm upset, I withdraw and then I don't care how he feels. And I might say things, you know, that could hurt him. For the turnaround, I don't care about me. How could that be true? Well, when I'm believing this thought, I'm bringing pain to myself, taking away my own peace of mind. So I'm not caring for me. And then the last turnaround, he does care about me. Can you think of other ways that he does care? You can think about, well, he may both love me and also be distracted by his phone. He may care about me and also leave the house forgetting to say goodbye. And you can also think about what are some specific examples of ways he does show me that he cares about me. So whatever beliefs that you wrote down that you're working with, turn them around and then look for evidence of how those are true. So that's the process of the work. And we're talking about it here in the context of relationship, but it is so powerful in really any situation, especially anytime you feel yourself thinking something should be some way other than what it is, or somebody else should be some way other than what it is. It's a great time to use the four questions. Because as Byron Katie says, when I'm arguing with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> and Byron Katie also talks a lot about staying in your own business. So there's other people's business, there's God's business or the universe's business, and then there's our business. And anytime we're trying to be in anyone else's business other than our own. In other words, we're trying to control things that are outside of our control. It's just a recipe for pain. So we want to stay in our own business as much as possible. And when we notice ourselves thinking things like he should do that, she should or shouldn't, that's a good sign that we're not in our own business. We're in somebody else's. And this is where a turnaround can be really helpful because Usually, it ends up being that we just need to take our own advice. <laughs> so if we think she should listen more, okay, turn it around. I should listen more. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I can't control how much she's listening, but I can control how much I'm listening. And when we take that responsibility and do the thing that we want to see happen ourselves, it's pretty magical how that can shift First of all, our own feeling of the situation, but then also can have an impact on the other person as well. This process is really also powerful for helping us to see that we are the ones in control of our own happiness and we are the ones in control of how much love we are feeling or not feeling. It helps us to break free of depending on another person for our love and our happiness if we start to feel like we need the love of our partner, then we can question that and put that through the inquiry. I need your love. Is that true? Can I absolutely know that that's true? And then notice, how do I feel when I believe that I need 
my partner's love? How does it make me act? And how would it be if I didn't have the belief that I needed my partner's love or that I needed anyone else to love me to be happy? What would that be like? And often when we go through this process of inquiry, we find that when we're not holding on to these beliefs about how other people should be or about what other people need to give us in order for us to feel good, to feel happy, we find that we can just be present with the other person and just experience them. And when we're just present with another person, just experiencing them, whether it's a partner or even a friend, a family member, anyone really, that's when the love really flows and the connection really flows. When I can be with my partner and just be experiencing him without having any stories or thoughts about how he should be or how I think he is, then I can just be there in love. Even if the thoughts that I have about him and the beliefs that I have about him are positive, even those sometimes can get in the way of us just experiencing our partner in the full wonder and beauty that they are. So if I believe that Matt is kind and caring and I'm kind of holding on to these beliefs of him, you know, these are positive things to believe about my partner, but what if I just let go of those two and instead just show up in full presence and discover how he is in this moment? And when we can both do that, that's like, that's true direct connection. That's really like soul to soul, unconditional love. So this process is a great one to do on your own in your journal. And you can kind of think back to like, are there any moments in your relationship that you haven't fully let go of? Any moments that still have a little bit of an emotional charge for you? Um, or any things that your partner has said or done that you haven't fully forgiven, those are the things that you want to start to inquire. So again, just write them down, be as judgmental or petty (laughs) as you want, just write them all down, get all those thoughts down, and then use the four questions and turn them around and see how It changes both how you feel about the situation and how the situation starts to show up in your life. It really is pretty magical how things can shift when we change what we're believing about them. And after you've done that initial process of kind of clearing up any of those things that you're holding on to, you can definitely use the work on an ongoing basis right in the moment. So if you are feeling yourself have a little bit of maybe frustration come up or sadness or really anything that is making you feel disconnected, right in that moment, you can quickly run through the four questions and the turnaround in your mind to shift your perspective and see the situation and see your partner a different way. And once you've practiced this process quite a bit, a lot of times you can just jump right to the turnaround. So especially if you find yourself using a kind of should statement or I wish she would why can't he just, those kind of statements. As soon as you catch yourself thinking something like that, you can just jump right to the turnaround. 
And you can either turn it around to, oh, I should do that. Or to recognize, I'm thinking he should whatever, but you can turn that around to he shouldn't. Why? Because he's not. Is that true? Well, if he's not, then it's true. For example, he should do the dishes. You can turn it around right away to he shouldn't do the dishes. Well, is that true? If he's not doing the dishes, then yes, that's true because things can only ever be as they are. If he starts to do the dishes, well, then it's true that he should do the dishes. (laughs) But when we let go of feeling like things need to be different than they are, then we can just be at peace. And maybe from that place of peace, if we would like him to do the dishes, then we can just make a kind request without being attached to the response to the outcome. Or we can just go do the dishes ourselves happily because we want the dishes done. (laughs) So I hope you have found this process helpful. Personally, I love to use this process. I've used it for anything from small annoyances and glitches to even some of the deeper limiting beliefs that I've found in my life. And it can really work in any situation. So have fun with that. And I want to read one more quote from John Wellwood's book that I thought was very relevant. He says, To find the sacred in personal relationships requires working with our interpersonal conditioning from the past, what I call self-slash-other setups, which obstruct and distort the deeper I-thou communion. When two people bring love and awareness to bear on these conditioned patterns blocking their love, the relationship can truly be a vehicle for embodying the sacred in their lives. And that's what I hope you find from applying the work and some of the other tools that we teach you is that when you and your partner together can have the courage to do this kind of inquiry and start to just peel away any layers that are between you and your full connection, that you really start to experience the sacredness that lies there in the relationship and the gift of becoming more fully expressed as the true you, as love. In the next episode, we're going to talk about one of my other favorite tools for inquiry, which is the RAIN process from Tara Brock, and also explore how the four questions and RAIN can work together. So I'm excited to share that with you next time. See you later. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with the people that you care about because we can all use a little more love in our lives. 